Hello and welcome to the Unofficial Controller Podcast, your weekly gaming podcast, episode 66, 2020, the year of the delays, but we ask, is that a good thing? With me, George, as always joined by Tom, always 30 minutes late to my 10 minutes early. <laughs> How's it going? I'm good. Like all top games, though, I get delayed as well. I was delayed from the airport by 30 minutes, so your facts are correct. Well, you're COVID-19 free and you felt safe to come over here after having me and Phil come over to New York a week or two ago. And You were the, the test dummies. The guinea pigs. The guinea pigs, yeah. Yeah, okay. That sounds good. You brought Polina back with you? She's scurrying away somewhere, doing some work in One the studio. One of the coolest celebrity uh, accoutrements is a housemaid mm-hmm. of Thai origin. Spanish. Oh, I forgot. Paulina's Spanish. You, you, I don't quite know what happened to the other don't, housemaid. Don't you insult had. her. I won't. Don't no, don't I'm just. Her. I'm more worried for uh, previous housemaid. I'm quite impressed with this little studio, Phil Scott. Yeah, I don't. Chief know. sound engineer and sound over artist to Mick Fleetwood. They the the crayon says it and <laughs> and Mick Hucknall apparently yeah he only works with the mix only works with the mix. Listen, before we lose any of the new listeners that we seem to have picked up with our ramble, obviously we're back in <laughs> we're back in the studio together for the first time. So no more Zoom interference or noise or any of that drivel. No more hearing hearing uh, helicopters land and take off from your spacious loft apartment in the uh, Central Park, New York district. So let's give them the comfort blanket of knowing what we've got coming up, Tom. So as always, we're going to give them some of the finest and hottest news in the games industry. Give me an example of that. got some Spider-Man PS5 news. And we've also got another superhero game news that will reveal all. Ah, okay. So keep listening in for that. Tom doing his bit to... Tease you forward as we go. Then we're going into the feature, which this week is all about delayed games. Something that's hit us this year particularly, but it's not something that's new to the gaming industry. After that, none of these games have been delayed. New release highlights, Tom. So we get Stingray. We call it Stingray's boot. Through through that lens, we look at the new release highlights for this week on all formats, including Casio Scientific Calculator. And then... The show ends when I ask Tom what he's hoping to play, but it does not begin. It cannot begin and will not begin. Odders, grip that wheel, friend. Tom, what have you been playing? I've been finishing up Ghost of Tsushima, the story anyway. Um, Oh, your pronunciation of that's changed again. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Been taking (laughs) Japanese lessons. I have indeed. (laughs) Yeah, ready for all those uh, retrospectives we do where we absolutely um, murder That's Japanese part of our, developers' names. It's part of our allure. It is, yeah. It is part of our allure. Um, so is that the only game you've been playing? or have you been No, playing? I've played some uh, Fall Guys. Ooh. Still haven't picked up a win on that yet. Was the word mainstream <laughs> built with you in mind? Definitely. I'm the mainstream gamer. I don't, don't get into the... Uh, some What's of the... hot? Fall Guys? Playing that. Some of the rabbit holes you go down. They're good rabbit holes. I'm sure we'll find out. Intersecting a through check. a Saxon horde. I find gold left, right in Chelsea. Played a bit of Overwatch. Managed to get a bit of a team together now on there, which is good. Coaxed a few other friends into playing that, finally. 
I'm surprised. Normally yeah. your acidic ego like maniac is I say got them to play as more like a, a naval press gang club to the back of the head style. What's it? Yeah. <laughs> Come play, make me look good. Yes. I'm the hero. Heal I'm... me. Heal me, heal me. Uh, <laughs> I try. I'm sure there was something else I've been playing. You've been playing Fortnite on your mobile phone? <laughs> no, I'm not quite that mainstream. Oh. No, that's probably it for me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Just rounding up on those um, side quests on Ghost of Tsushima. I've got the Nor- Norio ones. Yeah. The Monk. I never got those done before I finished it. I did all the other ones for the three of the main characters. Side, main side characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, uh, we'll just touch a little bit on spoilers. How did you feel when that mechanic came into play? Uh, the ghost mechanic. The, well, it's called the ghost stance, isn't it? Oh, the ghost I was, stance. I thought that was really well done. Yeah, I thought that was pretty good. It's a quick way of hacking through enemies. It's quite hard unless you're wearing his suit to keep that bar filled. If you yeah. get one knock, it goes all the way down. Yeah, it is. Which yeah. is frustrating unless you use your stealth-like skills to infiltrate and slaughter one of the leaders. Ah, that is cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. That, that obviously tops the bar up as I well. I like the idea of that, especially where it's done in that. It's almost like a cutscene, but you're in a boss battle, aren't you? And you like you see the fear when you win in the boss battle, and then you choose to slaughter the the uh, Mongol captain, and then that's where you get that new stance kick in, and it's just basically like a bit like Spartan Rage, but Samurai Rage. Yeah, very similar <laughs> to Spartan Rage, actually. Yeah, uh, yeah, I thought it was okay. It kind of surprised me when it when it got implemented, but it gets done in a nice way in the story. Obviously, a little bit of a sport. Yeah, and that you little kind town. Of get it towards the end of that town. Don't yeah, you? defending it. Yeah, cool. well, I think it works quite well, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. Um, you're contractually obliged now, Edward Ego, to ask me what I've been playing. What have you been playing? <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been really deep down the rabbit hole, as you described it, Final Fantasy Fifteen. Still an absolutely brilliant game. I have to say, I've heard you complain. I didn't play this when it launched. Goodness knows why. I think I bought it, but just never got around to playing it. Um, I've heard you complain, and lots of other people complain about, is it Chapter 13? I believe so, yeah. Um, I played that without, as it was originally intended, and I actually thought it was good. It was like a, <laughs> it was like a delve into the madness. Kind of Arden was sort of messing with you, playing tricks with your mind, using his sort of tre- I think it, tricks and techniques to make you think Prompto's there and then he's not. It kills the pacing a bit, though, because the, the story's going along quite well and then you're just yeah, stuck in that Yeah, but it depends how you've played for- the game because, for me, the first chapters, the pacing was absolutely dead because I kept going backwards and forwards to the hammerhead. Mm, yeah. The pacing's not razor fast then, is it? No, I suppose it's not. I suppose you like to do more sort of side quests and re- like mopping up all, the, getting the XP, doing a bit of grinding. Yeah, there was a lot of grind for me in the early days, and that certainly made the game I felt certainly more enjoyable. Especially yeah. if you get caught at night time. In the very early days, you don't really realise what night time means, and then you stumble across like an 
one of those iron brute giant things that's level 35 yeah. and level 2 and it just, just destroys absolutely you. rips you apart. Yeah, I forgot and, about those. And half your team. And even yeah. an imp in the early days will, will make a mockery <laughs> of you. So leveling up was very important to me. Although I could do more, I've arrived at the end game section now and I don't think there's going to be much spoilers there for... It was also quite dark, that level 13, when you find out when Arden reveals that the MTs actually used to be human beings and how sort of horrible you are for calling them MTs. And you, you even makes a comment about having UFN killed hundreds upon thousands of these guys. Yeah. And you didn't even blink. You didn't even <laughs> think about where they came from. Yeah. And then you read some of the little um, very short little bits of notes that you find right around that sort of base. And then obviously the big reveal is that Prompto's an MT as well. Yeah. Which I thought was great. And for that reason, for me, Chapter 13, I ran through it. I have to admit, I didn't walk, and I found it particularly menacing. You know, when you hide in those alcoves and that guy walks by and then he appears again and pulls you out, I actually had a sense of dread. (laughs) <laughs> when that was happening. So I thought it was, yeah, admittedly it's not sunshine and happy days and you're not riding chocobos and you haven't got your friends with you, but I do believe in its original vision, it was meant to really illustrate to you the feeling of having been separated from your best friends and how lonely you were in that world. And that's probably why it's not very good. It's a little bit Shenmue 2 in Hong Kong all over again. Yeah, it probably... Probably is designed in that way. It's quite nicely done in that regard, I suppose. Yeah, and also robbed you of your powers, so you don't. So you suddenly have a sense of appreciation of how far you've come. Because up until that point, before you go in there, I think you, Gladio, and Ignis, and Ignis being blind is absolutely incredible. <laughs> you know, not it's not nice, but it's implemented well. Because when you first, yeah. before the time jump. He's, you know, really struggling with his blindness. But then when you meet him in in the future, he's a lot more accustomed to it. And I thought it was really well done. I like the way he kind of blind throws his elemental power as well. It's like, I have something for that. I've got the perfect thing. And he kind of just lobs it. (laughs) And there's a little bit of fallout from that. I also quite like the fact that magic kind of, it does warn you that magic's pretty powerful, but it's one of these things that, kind of is all-encompassing. If your guys are in close, it's going to cause them damage as well. Yeah. Like I did a frost one at this fire guy, and um, everyone started shivering and freezing up. I thought it was quite good. Have you been collecting any other legendary weapons? Um, I think there's like 12. The King's ones? Yeah, that's it. King's I mean, it's, I think, as far as I'm aware, that's forced upon you. You can't not. That's, I don't remember that, getting them all. That's my interpretation of it. You can't not find them. I didn't think that they um, they had any. Like I thought they were all just like random hidden items. I know one one of them originally at the start you you have to go and find because it's mm. basically teaching you how to do it. But did you find the one behind the waterfall? Oh, I can't remember. It's a long time ago, but I don't remember getting them all. Definitely not. I don't know as I've got them. I think, well, maybe I have. I've seen enough of those tombs to last me uh, quite a long time. I think there's only yeah. 13. And then obviously you get your final sword, the king's, your father's sword, from yeah. that guy with the metal arm. 
just before you go in. Um, one thing I've not really been able to work out, and I haven't Googled it, I have to admit, the summons. Yeah. I can't just pull one down when I like. It's done in relation to your health, I believe, or how it works very similar in Final Fantasy VII. There's basically like a meter that's charging, and if you're taking a lot of damage or struggling, I think it actually goes a bit quicker. I'm not sure if it's still it was the same for 15. Is it the blue one around your weapons, or is it the MP or the HP along the bottom? Sometimes it pops up. I think up. I'm sure on 15 they come when you're low on health, and mm. it's kind of like a bit of a get out of jail free card. If Those only help. they did. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> they know. can be very random. I do remember that. Uh, okay. but I'm, I'm sure yeah, there is I've a held, bit of reason. I've held to L2 it. down quite a lot. Now, whether I don't realise, and then when it flashes up on screen, you can call a summon. It's like, you know, did you know you, this is charged? And I could have done it before. There's been times where I've been desperate for a summon and been just yeah. pulling L2 mm. and nothing's been happening. Anyway. Rather than bore people about a six-year-old game, Tom, we probably ought to head deep into what we call the news. Because because other than a bit of Fall Guys, I've been playing nothing other than uh, Final Fantasy XV. The news. We've scoured the very darkest regions of the internet to bring you the latest stories. First up, Tom, what are you going to bring me here? What's up, Danger? Miles Morales, the star of the PS5 exclusive Spider-Man game, will have a full story arc in the up-and-coming title launching this winter. Game director Brian Horton had this to say. This is a full arc for Miles Morales that started in Spider-Man on PS4. We really are completing this hero's coming of age in our game. It's a complete story. Well, even though this game isn't going to be as long an experience as Spider-Man PS4, sure sounds like a complete story and something to showcase what the PS5 can do. Especially, George, with that screenshot that was released this week. We should uh, mm. have check that out. I have, yeah. Of course I have. It's very nice. I'm a regular news hound, me. You are. Yeah, you are. it looks pretty solid, doesn't it? Doesn't um, it's the words I'm looking for? It I doesn't don't think scream next gen as much as you'd expect. It's like a very high res version of the Spider-Man PS4 engine, yeah, which is you, nice to see. Do you think we're going to see like the city a lot busier, more NPCs about? I think some of the lighting's going to be quite good because it, from what I've heard and the look of. Uh, that screenshot, I believe it's going to be set at Christmas, which was rumoured quite a while ago. But that would be cool. Yeah, and with a winter release, it would probably tie into the uh, the launch window. Priced right, it could be a very good Christmas game just for the month of December. Get it with your new PS5, play it. It's done by the 31st of December, and you can move on to the next 10th yeah, title. possibly. I mean, I wonder where they're going to have that luxury of being able to stagger the the releases for the PS5 a little bit over the coming months, or whether they're just going to chuck it all out there. I think they're going to chuck games. a few things out at launch, aren't they? Um, but one would imagine building around the a game a month sort of release that they get behind, be yeah. it third party or their own, they kind of have this hype train building on a monthly basis that gets you sort of piques your interest after you've during the, the height of the PS4, for instance, I, I felt like quite a lot of pressure to be 
<laughs> getting a game done and then before you knew it the next one was out you barely got time to sort of rest and chill with the game you had to play the wheels off it because the very next month something else was coming out so. that's why i felt quite chilled with uh ghost of Tsushima is because i've got a lot of time to play that and finish it fully hopefully try and platinum it because for me i'm not going to hopefully i'm going to save my money for the ps5 mm. There won't be much I'm going to be picking up other than maybe a few little digital games or maybe the the um, the games with gold or whatever, the, the PS Plus ones. But um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see the price on this Spider-Man game. It's not, from the sounds of it, it is a full story, but it's not going to be the size of Spider-Man PS4. We've played a little bit as Miles already, haven't we, in what, sort mm-hmm. of, uh, yeah. small sections of Spider-Man PS4. So it'd be cool to see that extended more and see some sort of different abilities. Well, Tom, next bit of news, if you're ready for it. I am. Cult Killer. The Cult Killer Hit 7. The Cult Hit Killer 7 may be making its way to the Switch. The Suda 51 game was one of Capcom's exclusive releases on the Nintendo GameCube years ago, and it may about to resurface if current rumors are correct. YouTuber... Talk about getting in some pumps for his channel. <laughs> Doctor 81, perhaps best known for uncovered evidence of the Witcher 3 Wild Hunt Complete Edition, well before it was even announced for Nintendo's hybrid platform, has found a LinkedIn page of an engine software employee making reference to a Killer 7 remaster for the Switch. This track record is good for rumours, and with Suda51's No More Heroes 1 and 2 remasters also strongly rumoured, consider this one taken with only a very small rain of salt. Yeah. And show news, Tom, obviously we've got a new intern, Nancy. We have. And the continuing saga of James, the work experience boy. How do you feel about the growing unofficial controller podcast empire? As long as I'm at the top, don't bother me. Have you? Okay, all right. Phil's my number two. Phil's your number two. Yes. What am I to you? The bag carrier. The bag carrier. Well, you were, you didn't meet me at the airport, did you? I didn't have a big enough car, not only for your showmanship-like ego, but also one to fit your bouffant into. Because now you're back <laughs> in back. the country, we've obviously, you're gaming very much, was it Samson, whose hair gave him his strength, and if he cut it off, he had none. <laughs> and your gaming knowledge is related to your gaming bouffant. Yeah. There was a time... Where it was cut short. It was cut very short, and you thought the PS4 was backwards compatible <laughs> with the PS2. Well, everyone's got to start somewhere. Then you've got a few more follicles and you realise... I was a traditional actor before this, not a, not a video game historian. Well, you certainly hear for your voice, and that's about it. Last bit of news, Gotham Knights. <laughs> what we got? Gotham Knights, along with the announced Suicide Squad game, the DC Fandom event will ho- also host Warner Brothers Montreal's new game. It's all but confirmed to be a Batman title, and many believe it will centre on the Court of Owls Batman comics, which uh, in our eyes would be great. The game is scheduled for August the 22nd at 6.30 British Sea Time, so keep your bat computer wired in. Oh, I see what you've done there. This is having you back in the UK, having your hand on script a little bit more, means it's very Sun newspaper, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> High class. What do you think and about no trash. The, What do you think about all this uh, new Batman game nonsense? I think it's true. 
I think it Oh, I know it's manga. true. We know it's true. And we're a small enough podcast where we can say these controversial things and no one will ever know us and tell us off. It's a bit nerve-wracking, isn't it, not being in the hands of Rocksteady? I'm just a little bit nervous for another Batman game, really. I think there'll be multiple playable characters this time. I know there was elements of that in the other ones, but I think it's going to be a main part of of that story. What I would say, it's got a lot to live up to. So it better, yeah, be, it it definitely better be a good game. And also, revealing that, at the same event that they're revealing Suicide Squad, are they going to be like night and day comparisons in the quality? And Rocksteady, when they did those Batman games, and that, uh, like they kind of brought a new combat system in, in my eyes, that's still used today in a lot of other games. Ghost of Tsushima is similar. Um, in the, the do you not feel though because everyone always hails oh you know Batman's great combat that Rocksteady developed it felt very much like the combat in Assassin's Creed a little bit yeah I think that's the only one you could compare it to it came to time. yeah yeah no I, of course uh, I think it's a little bit more arcadey than that it's got feels more weighty the Assassin's Creed games I played felt very like Sort of floaty combat. I didn't. I don't know where. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't put them on the same pedestal. Okay, definitely not. Well, Suicide Squad. The more I think about that, the more I'm like, nah, I don't want this. Ross. It's confirmed, isn't it? It's called Kill the Justice League. It's Kill sub- the Justice League. It's a yeah. Tile. Do we think it's multiplayer? Or is it single player? We ain't got I long hope to find it's single out. Player. I am with you on that one. I hope it's single player. Well, there's the question. And when are we going to get revealed? When are they going to reveal the Harry Potter game? Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's not going to be at that event, is it? Because it's just DC. Mm. Uh, so I think if it's going to be, I think that'll be at the Game Awards. There's always two or three big titles they show there that are going to be like the big title of 2021. Obviously, the features are about delays, so we could be seeing delays for a lot of stuff actually being announced. Could be. Is that is that all the news? Is that everything? It is. You've got no been quite, bonus news no, this week? I think it's been quite quiet. Surprise you've had, what, five to eight hours on the plane to browse the internet and come up with yeah, some uh, nothing. cracking news? Nothing. Mediocre this week. You've brought me, uh, what's this you've brought me here from New York? A little oh, Statue of Liberty. Yes. Yeah, a snow globe. Oh, it's a lighter and a snow globe, yeah, is it? it melts the snow. Wow. So you get a, a spring version as well. Wow, okay, well. Pretty lush, that. It cost me some I've, money. I've never felt so grateful in all my days. Well, I sent Paulina out to scurry off to the duty free and pick Well, then if Paulina's picked it up, I'm very grateful. Uh Knowing you, you've probably picked it up from she's the... She's staring through the window because she's just cleaned the gutters of the uh, outside of the, the studio. She's got endless talent. You will know you can get rid of that. Don't we know it. You can get rid of that like caretaker you've got who looks You showed me that rather strange... Mm, I don't know. I don't know as normally people practice yoga naked with their housemaids. But uh, when you skipped forward through that video... Seems like she's a practice contortionist as well. 
And I'm not totally sure I wanted to witness all of that, but uh, ever the showman, you felt compelled to show me <laughs> every single second of it. Absolutely. I can see why she gets she earns the big bucks. Question, Tom. They came here for a serious gaming news show, and let's face it, they wanted it. So did we... <laughs> Did we miss anything? Do you have an opinion or take on the news that we may have missed? If so, Tom, how do the collected masses get in touch with us and let us know that, insert big news item here, that we missed and let us know that we're flaming dingoes? You can reach us on questions at unofficialcontrollerpodcast.com or you can direct messages on Instagram or Twitter. Hmm. Okay, like many of you do. They do. What else have we got? We've got a Discord channel, which you can find through the skill tree on Instagram. The skill tree? Skill tree, wow. <laughs> that's this, what, you that's been, one for the bloopers, isn't have it? Have you been working with uh, Phil the producer to make like an <laughs> RPG, unofficial controller podcast RPG? Oh, now wouldn't that be something? Adam the Artist, I want the box art by uh, 1,200 hours Monday afternoon. Oh, that'd be epic. Uh, yeah. And I want the back sections well detailing the games. You'd have different classes, so I'm you use your like... hair as a whip. <laughs> Charm one hundred, bravery zero. zero. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, make it happen! You have you like Paulina as a summon as well. She comes in and carries yeah. your bags through to the next level. <laughs> Oh, very good. We should move on. What do I do? Oh. So if they wanted to get to the Discord, they'd click on the skill tree on Instagram, level up to the point where they can click on Discord. You have an ability where you can put enemies to sleep. (laughs) Talking about 50-year-old video games. Wow. Pull up a chair. That's what it's called. <laughs> the, the enemy actually pulls up a chair and starts off looking all interested, like, oh, really? And I'm like, <laughs> Tell oh, me yeah. more. And then, it, and then it cuts back 15 hours later. You'd be, a, you'd be an NPC who you encounter in the game. And you have, like, dialogue options, like, tell me more. or And if you choose tell me more, your character slowly starts to fall asleep. <laughs> and then you rob them. Oh, I rob them. <laughs> I may, I've, they fall asleep. As you rob me of my time for this podcast, you rob the enemies of their treasured possession. This is giving your ego the airtime it deserves. Let's, so I'm back in the studio. Exactly. Keeping an eye on me, making we sure... We better get back to the actual show, show, Adam. Making we? sure the Empire's doing all of your bidding. Bidding. So with that little segue, which I'm... Uh, I'm happy we had, because there's another line of revenue for you. The uh, No doubt, although we have visions of it being a next-gen release on Xbox Series X or It's PS5, probably going to come out on the stage, isn't it? And it's, you know, we're having this vision of these high-def HDR graphics <laughs> after multiple delays. It's probably going to end up as a, a tappy-tappy iOS game. Sadly, yeah. Sadly. It's what the budget can afford. Well... Talking of delays to our inevitable unofficial controller podcast iOS app, 2020, the year of delays. Why do I struggle with the word delays? I don't know why. 2020, the year of the delays. But we ask, is that a good thing? Game delays are nothing new, but this year, for obvious reasons, there have been so many. 
Developers unable to attend their offices, even still in some cases due to COVID-19 regulations. This move caused teams to quickly learn how to work remotely and apart, using numerous team apps like Zoom, Slack and Teams. Refining the product, swinging your chair around to ask a colleague an opinion or floating an idea just got way harder. So when these games got announced as being delayed, we think everyone could accept it. This year we've seen Cyberpunk 2077, Marvel Avengers, Animal Crossing's New Horizons, Ghost of Tsushima and even Last of Us Part 2. In some cases, the developers seemingly looked uh, the time to refine what uh, was already there. In the likes of Ghosts and Last of Us, we can even possibly see that work in action. I think that's very true there, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, one example that springs to mind in 2020 that was delayed, and in my opinion should have been delayed further, Iron Man VR. It promised so much, but surely in that time they could have hidden the loading screens or at least shortened them. So let's look at some of the fundamentals. First, the game uh, is delayed after it seems like it won't be ready in time for its release date. But who sets those and why put a date on something and not release it just when it's ready? Well, people in the industry, uh, they try to pick a date when they see a game will get its airtime, coverage and appreciation. The marketplace is very busy these days, as highlighted by our own new release highlights. Sometimes there's absolutely bucket loads of drivel to work through to try and get you the picks and even we get that wrong sometimes uh, so many more games are coming to steam in console marketplaces that a lot of games even major games get swamped the prime example is mad max launching the same day as ngs5 and a lot of people did not even realize that the mad max game would come out such as a swell of support for hideous stealth outing so picking the right time three to four years ahead is tough This is one contributor to delays, something obviously the game overruns and gets delayed so more polish can be added. Sometimes a game comes out in between your announcement and that is basically the same as yours, does things better and your game needs to go back into incubation to adjust for this. There's even a delay to make the game arrive at a more acceptable time such as any of the holiday periods such as Christmas and uh, summer. So switching that... Sitting, hitting that sweet spot can sometimes mean knuckling down with the dreaded crunch or pushing back the date. The crunch comes with two issues. Staff happiness and productivity perversely can go down as new members of staff, sometimes temporary, can come on board, all hands on deck, uh, in an all hands on deck move. Integration into these usually tight teams takes time. Getting those new members up to speed with your aspirations or team vibe can also take time. Working longer hours can mean a more zombie-like staff frozen to their seats, producing less and being less passionate about their role in the project compared with one week earlier. Pushing back a date also means you may miss the perfect sweet spot you've been focusing on for four years. Uh, One has to imagine that hitting your launch window date pulled out of the air four years prior is like 60s NASA trying to get to the moon. There's also the wider issue we alluded to earlier as feature creep. Sometimes game developers try out different things. Sometimes these things really enhance the experience and they can't see the game functioning without them. Other times we've said a game comes out that's so new and fresh and exciting that if you didn't launch with that must-have new dynamic, your game would feel stilted, old and hit the ground feeling like a relic from a bygone era. This latter one must be especially hard as the world of video games is one that's seriously innovative, so adding all these new features and subsets is very tempting. There comes a point where you to draw a line and say, no, we're launching, and if they don't like it, it is what it is. So, Tom... Some salient points there to talk about as we move forward with the feature. Delayed games, obviously, for many years, a delayed game 
proves to be quite the disappointment. I it does, yeah. For Chevy Three, the obvious one. Well, recently. Well, that's more vaporware, isn't it? Started mm-hmm. off and it was never going to happen. Then it did. Then it had some delays and then it popped out. Yeah, I'm talking games that are actually solid, and you think oh, I'm going to get this. I'll give you an example. In okay. the summer of 1997, maybe. Yeah. Now, it's not a great game by any means, but I'd previously had WWF Warzone on the N64, <laughs> the Acclaim Wrestler. Yeah. And it was terrible, but I liked it because um, it was the only WWF game I could get my hands on till I had my eyes opened by the WCW games that were good. Yeah. Uh, but it. All the fan hype in the magazine said to me that uh, WWF, what was it called? The sequel to Warzone. I forget its name now. It was that terrible. And I used to go into game every Attitude. week. Attitude. Attitude, that's, that's it. Every time I got a new Nintendo official magazine, it said it was coming out that month. And I'd go down and no doubt speak to someone we've got to know through the show, Eslo Midna. To him, I was probably just a snotty youth. <laughs> is, is Attitude out yet? No. Get Go out. away. Go away. Or uh, Diamondale Mills also worked in there. And Go away. Stop bothering me. Uh, and I would go away. The next month, paid out, go in. Is Attitude out yet? Like, no, we've got no information on it. And it kept getting delayed and delayed and delayed. And I was thinking, oh, this is going to end up being an amazing game. No. <laughs> it was just terrible. And they think I think they probably knew it. Yeah. So games that have been getting delayed, time memorial. We ask, Tom, is it a good thing? I think most of the time, yeah. I think it allows more polish. It allows them to get rid of a lot of bugs. If you think the opposite of what games have been rushed out, especially like your yearly updates uh, in franchises, if they were given more time, how much they could actually improve them and make a mess of a buggy mess. I know that's done through patches now, but like you said just then, back in the day, stuff would come out, and if it weren't ready, it clearly weren't ready, and it would show in the finished product, and there's no making that better. There's there's an argument to be said, though, that these games, they get delayed, they get delayed, they get delayed, and then they still come out and they're a broken buggy mess. Yeah, sometimes there's just no fixing it, I think. You can also have the problem of it it loses its hype almost. Mm. I'm just trying to think of, a, of an example and I'll try and come up with one. But, I've, yeah, it can really kill the steam of a game. Definitely. Those times where you, I mean, you and I have both been excited for that big game coming out and then yeah. it doesn't come and then it's another three months. And by that point in time, as we said in the, in the sort of written section of the show, it's lost its its moment in the sun. Yeah. And another game's come out that eclipses it, and that game you're all hyped for gets kind of forgotten. Then it releases very quietly, and no one really notices it. It's a shame, really, because the, there's thousands of people involved in making a game. Absolutely, yeah. It's, it is a shame. Nintendo are known for delaying their games quite a lot. Usually the quality is worth it, though, afterwards. Especially Breath of the Wild is a great example of yeah. a delayed, delayed, delayed game. I mean, unbelievable. Saviour of the Wii U ended up killing the Wii U. Yeah, it did, launching really. Launching the Switch. Yeah, it did. And Zelda games, really from the N64 onwards, seem to always end up 
launching on two consoles at the same time. One to kind of fulfill a promise that, well, we said this would be out yeah. on this. But actually, it's better on this new thing. You ought to get it on there. Because what was that first Zelda game that I think launched on Cube and then was also... Twilight Princess. Yeah, but yeah. Don't, it plays better on the Wii with the waggy mm. controls. No, but it doesn't. Though. I'd argue now, like I think that was actually better on the GameCube pad. Yeah, definitely. They didn't quite have the motion controls as good as they did for Skyward Sword with that. Whereas that was clearly built for the Wii. And that's something you see with a delayed game. It it kind of dabbles in. They'll, they'll think we could integrate that new technology of the new console, especially with Nintendo, because they're always sort of innovating with the actual controller. They're like, oh yeah, we could we could slap a bit of that in there, and then it'll promote the idea of that new. Um, controller we've got for the console mm. and it sometimes just doesn't come off very well and then they actually build something for the ground up from it and it's actually quite good yeah I think you might even see that with the Switch if they do like a, a pro version you're probably going to see a Breath of the Wild 2 on there because to me if you're competing against PS5 and Xbox Series X it's going to struggle with what, the technology what's the pro now. switch going to do? Is it is that going to be? It just they've, they've already improved the architecture, haven't they? Of like the the chip that the switch uses, or or the technology it uses, because it's it is like a fancy mobile or tablet technology, and they've in, apparently they've improved that a lot already. So clearly, you you you'd think they're going to release like a a pro version. But then if they're going to downscale their own first-party games to play them on a normal Switch, they could end up looking awful. Like you said Mm. before, I do agree they've they've backed themselves into a bit of a corner. But they still sell. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we're a lot of Yeah, we are. Um, They've become very much, we do handhelds now, and to sit down and shout they're going to make a console that's going to be playable only at home, I think people would... I think there's a lot of Nintendo fans that would just accept it. Like, okay. But yeah. I think there's a new wave of Nintendo gonna... fans who are like, well, that doesn't work for me. Yeah. Well, getting back to delayed games. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, Nintendo are uh, probably a better example of why that works well. Delaying games to basically just bring in new ideas sometimes as well. I think, well, if you bolster let, a failing you, system, <laughs> I think if you allow like a creative team some room to uh, implement new ideas, it can have the opposite effect. I suppose it can just keep, like you said, delay, delay, delay. Well, let's let's bring in some of our listeners' opinions and that okay. bounce off what they've got to say. So, Bobalabra said, "I'd rather play a finished game late over a broken game on time." While it's always disappointed to hear a game you're looking forward to is delayed, it's usually for a good reason. Uh, I don't think any studio can be roasted for delaying a game originally slated for release in 2020. Yeah, this year's different, isn't it? Definitely. You, you expect the delays more. I sometimes uh, wonder as well, like Last of Us Part 2 was meant to be coming out right at the beginning of coronavirus. Yeah. And I still stick to the fact that I think they delayed that because they didn't know quite where the pandemic was going. <laughs> yeah. And if they released a game set in a world where a pandemic was killing everybody, when a pandemic was killing everybody, it would have been grabbed by the papers and it would have been walked into the floor. Yeah. 
sadly it was walked into the floor for other reasons anyway. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. It's a good point. Yeah, because other games that have obviously been delayed, Grand Theft Auto 3 got delayed because of 9-11, and then we ended oh. up with the planes cut and the wings yeah. removed, so you only had the yeah. dodo, which you yeah. barely fly, which was eloquently named. Yeah. All right, and then there's been lots of other games that have been delayed due to real world situations like uh, again another 9-11 delay was the Dreamcast release of Propeller Arena uh-huh. uh, flying arcade game based around cities more like a racing game but I suppose within that sphere you could fly a plane into a building which was seen as awfully bad taste so yeah. it never saw a power release I think it did get released in the US eventually <clears throat> Retro Gamer Thomas has written in. He says, if it's delayed to make the game better, then definitely. When we're all spending our hard-earned cash on a game, we want it to be the best it can be. If that means delaying it, then I have no problem with it. It's when games have those constant delays and issues and they're still hyping the hell out of it, as we alluded to, Tom, and then all you get is a broken mess, makes it even more frustrating, as delays can also build hype. What's your thoughts on that? Uh, he says, some games, unfortunately, have much... Uh, however much their delay will always be terrible, some companies just delay the inevitable. What do you think about Retro Gamer Thomas's thoughts there? He's yeah, it's interesting to that he says it can actually build hype even more, and I think that can be true in certain circumstances. Think, yeah, it can be very true, yeah. Uh, like you were sucked into the hype of the the uh, WWF Attitude game because you're thinking in your head, oh my God, this is going to be really this good. This is going to be amazing. Um, I remember t- walking my dog as a, as a young man, and I would like go on these sorts of sort of mind journeys where I'm like, well, you know, I wonder if they're delaying it because when I played Warzone, what would have made that better? And I've been playing the WCW game. <laughs> this well is the where the time. delay is difficult because then in your own head, you're building it up as to actually yeah. what it's going to be. I like, thought it was going to launch with a career the... mode where you yeah. could walk around the stadium and lift some weights and build your character stats up and, and all that sort of stuff. I mean, in, in your head, you're dreaming of all this, and the developers had they're thinking how they can stop Steve Austin's nipple glitching in the ropes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Barely get the game out. Yeah. And a new, but uh, seemingly now regular contributor, Bamal, he says, uh, we all want to play the best version of the game. We like the look of it. Uh, we like the look if, uh, of so if a delay means that they have extra time to make it good, as good as possible, then that's good in my eyes. If they release it on time, but it's really buggy and doesn't look as good, so they patch it over time, you're not going to get the best experience until later anyway. However, it's a double-edged sword, because if they delay it and it's still a buggy mess on launch, then they're going to get a lot of bad press for that. It's true. Again? Yeah. They're sailing a very fine line when you delay a game. It certainly needs to be the very best it can be. A lot of games get delayed. I think some games get delayed, move out, moved out of what would be the optimal release time. Again, we, we sort of touched on that in the in the beginning, and then the studio, the developers, like mm, we're not really going to sell many at this point, and that big game's coming out on that in that month as well. Yeah. And I think people are already kind of hyped for that. So if they delay it another six months then it can release at Christmas or at this point in time, or there's a gap in the market at this point in time where we yeah. think we get some space for this game, get it out, get it some sales. Mm. And that's probably one of those moments where the developer goes, oh, great. <laughs> goes back to all his artist friends in the studio. Don't worry, mate. We've got another six months. Yeah. Oh, let's break out Sudoku's and let's, let's play Twister. And then like one month before it releases, they're like... <laughs> <laughs> We haven't drawn Shaolin's beard. Yeah. 
yeah, it's a bit like when you get given a project to do as summer holidays, isn't it? You're having all these great ideas and then last week of summer holidays, you're scratching around to build like a toilet roll rocket. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I I think we should probably just touch on the, the big delay, which causes to probably come up with an idea for this feature was the halo delay. Yes. Um, I feel really bad that yet again, the internet has caused something unpleasant and don't get me wrong the the brute's face or whatever it's called he's now craig. known as craig. craig yeah i love that i mean it's all a bit harsh isn't it this is someone's art is it, tri- it is because people are just like ungrateful little whelps aren't they like they're they're just like oh no 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 that's no good i don't want that it's actually i thought the demo and the, the showcase of what it looks like, I thought, that looks quite good. When you get right up close to his grid, it looks terrible. But you could say that about a lot of games. I don't think, if it weren't quite ready, they shouldn't have shown it as a as a next... People were getting ready to see that. That's the issue. I think it just wasn't... I, I do wonder whether this is going to be similar to Spider-Man and we're going to be a little bit like, oh... Not quite as good as hoping that was going to look. Because yeah, but Craig looked particularly bad. Yeah, and rumours was it was an early build. It was probably a misstep by them to show that. In a lot of ways, but I respect what about the brute in the cutscene as well? Uh, the one where he's like talking at him. Yeah, yeah. That if for me, if they'd have like gone all out to make him look real next gen I think a lot more of it could have been forgiven yeah I wonder where there's been some hedge rolling over at 343 because that's their big tentpole title and they've kind of let them down a bit there well it's not the first time the game's been delayed is it it was meant to be launching on Xbox One and I know it is but yeah it's another like cross cross gen do you think it will still be if it gets delayed quite well into next year. Yeah, it depends, doesn't it? Is it, it still going to be playable on Xbox One as part of the cross-platform That's what they're promising, isn't it? Yeah. So you'd think so. And there was there was talk of like the... When that was shown, they were like, oh, the multiplayer's going to come at a different point as well. So, yeah, what are they doing? I'm not quite sure. And I think Microsoft know what they're doing. I think... The, the presentation was pretty good. I think they were let down a bit by that. I think what they're trying to do is is make it slightly open world as well, but it's probably quite complicated to do that with a first-person shooter in that Halo world and make it work. They're, they're well, probably having other problems have, with that. You could have little clusters or encampments of of Covenant forces that you encounter of varying different levels of, you know, it could be like this is a three-star camp, this is a five-star yeah. camp, this is a one-star camp that's just full of grunts, mm-hmm. and you go in there and you clean house and you kick an arbiter in the back and it's job done, boof, that mission disappears, whoosh, and that bit more of the map opens up and you get a little bit more. Surely it wouldn't be that difficult. Maybe they're trying to do something a bit different. And, you know, normally in a Halo game you sort of get, move from point A to point B and that mean, that feeds into the next mission and it's almost yeah. one long 
I would argue that Halo games have always felt quite large and open world because they give you such large vistas and playgrounds to play. Yeah, they, I'll agree with that. They when, do. when Halo first launched, you knew it wasn't open world, but <clears> they didn't really feel like there was a limit to the scope I think of they, what you could do. Yeah, I think they did that with Gears of War as well, really well. It, it felt like big epic game, lot going on, good draw distance. It just felt way bigger than it was. It wasn't yeah. open world. It was quite sort of linear cover-based shooting. And it, and on the original Halos gave you that sort of freeform gameplay. Yeah. That kind of hinted at overworld, you know, open yeah. world overtones. Yeah. You could be driving around in a warthog and then see an enemy and lob a stick with a grenade and it blew up and there was enough scope and space for that to play out and be kind of fun. That's where the fun of Halo first came from. Do you... Do you think this there's going to be last minute delays to the actual console now? No, they've said not. Yeah. They've come out with that November, November. launch window. Yeah. I suppose that was to reassure people, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, if you if you delay the big temple tile that you think you're going to launch with, yeah, people are going to automatically assume. Does that mean that that's because the console's getting delayed? So yeah, they had to quite. But someone did. Uh, I saw a tweet where it was like anyone now worrying that the game the new consoles aren't going to be very good because they're not launched with any games and then they listed the PS4 and the Xbox One's launch games and the PS4 had like Resogun Knack and yeah. some other nonsense and you know it's not it's not a make or break for a machine that's for sure and I don't think when we got 360s at launch what did we come home with? Call of Duty 2 Call of Duty 2, Cameo Cameo, Gotham Racing Gotham Racing, so two first-party studio games yeah, and one third-party game. And we played the wheels off the third-party game, Call of Duty 2, which we loved. Yeah, I Cameo we, was a bit of a damp squid. I, I quite enjoyed it. I think that's the point. That felt like a, a, a big leap. In graphically, the, graphically with the effects and the shininess yeah. of the... Everything was shiny, wasn't it? Everything. Cameo, well, it? I, I ended up going back and doubling down on launch titles because I got Perfect Dot Zero as well. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Very, very shiny. Yeah. That wasn't that great a game, ultimately. I've tried to go back to it since, and it's still janky and not very yeah. good. And what else did it get condemned? 360 had a good launch. Yeah. But it was bolstered by some very... Stru- very... What's the word I'm looking for? First party games had quite a lot of potential. Like Project Gotham had a lot of potential. It looked fantastic. Yeah. Probably looks dreadful now, but at the time it looked fantastic. Perfect Dark looked amazing. Didn't play great, but it looked amazing. I think sadly this is where the delays feature kicks in is so many times, like at the start of the year, me and you probably thinking like, oh, wow, this is going to be one of the best launches. We're probably going to have Gran Turismo, which rumoured, Ratchet and Clank, um, Demon Souls. Else? We kind of thought we'd maybe get Horizon or Spider-Man, one of those two, and we're getting Spider-Man. But how many of those are actually going to be a launch game? Potentially two, if we're lucky. Mm. That would be enough, because that would definitely be enough for me. But... Microsoft need to be careful now and make sure they have something. Well, let's um, let's wheel in C. Pliskin because he's on the note of Halo Infinite. He says, for me at least in general terms, yes, excluding the delay of Halo Infinite, which I think was a result of over expectations. Most of the games that I know were delayed have yet to be re- have yet to be released just yet. 
And those that have, mainly The Last of Us Part 2 and Ghost of Shima, have shown what their teams are capable of when they're given just enough time to develop, especially in the wake of a pandemic. So yeah, I don't like delays as much as anyone else, but I deem it necessary most of the time. Uh, Gazelf's Games, short and sweet as ever. Uh, hopefully that doesn't apply to every facet of his life. But he says, on this occasion, I think the year's just a write-off. Let's start again next year. Uh, Detective Bucky, new listener. Thank wow. you for uh, contributing there, Detective Bucky. He says, as Shigeru Miyamoto quoted, a delayed game is eventually good, but a rush game is forever bad. That's Classic a great quote. That's a great quote. And for that reason, I now envisage Detective Bucky to almost be like a, a Shaolin monk, meditating deep, but with very simple yet eloquent Right in a haiku. Yeah. Well, it's not like a haiku. It's more like a... I can imagine him saying in Japanese voice, Satellite game. Very racist, obviously. <laughs> Insert token Asian voice here. How dare I? I'm a... I'm a privileged white man. I apologise. I shall uh, flog myself <laughs> with nettles in the back garden to make up for that, and I'll never do it again. Uh, Finster Gamer, uh, a man who probably sounds just like myself, he says, I personally don't think it's good or a bad thing. It just is what it is. If the food doesn't look ready by the time it says on the packaging, put it back in the oven until it's done. Whether it tastes good in the end is an entirely different matter, depending on what ingredients used and your own preferences. I think as consumers, we place too much emphasis on ourselves, I want it to be done by this date. I want the game to be like this. A game stroke film, etc. is what it is and releases when it releases. It's either of those things. If either of those things doesn't don't suit us, that doesn't immediately make it a bad piece of media. Yeah. Well, I, mm, through that lens, though, I could release a game where you can basically press... X or A on the controller and a digital hand goes into a poo. And if he says it's not very good, and I say, well, it just doesn't suit your tastes. <laughs> Sometimes games, Finster, are just poo. Um, delayed or not. But I see where you're going with that one. Spiritual Dragon, new listener. Another one with a name that kind of backs up his credentials. There's, uh, they have... They have more time to add more, perfect a few things, maybe even a storyline I heard for a side character. I mean, more time doesn't mean they will work on it, but why not? You have the time. He's made a solid point there. Goes back to my time where I was like, let's break out the twister and let's let's not do anything. And then a month before the actual release, they're like, have we gone gold? Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, that release was not finished. Hmm. It's buggy and the game doesn't save, Alan, no mercy. Yeah. Do you remember that? That I must have cost him a penny or two. Um, the Chronicles of a Gamer, a.k.a. Bobby, a.k.a. God. I usually don't get too upset on delays as things happen. Sometimes the delay is a good thing, as they are fixing issues or giving it a good polish. I do get annoyed when the game is delayed and then released. It's just another turd swimming in the toilet. Mm, very true. Comic Pictures 79, he says, uh, whatever. Mm, right, I guess he's not had a very good day. He says, whatever. If you want to play a game, you'll play it a few months later all the same. Been waiting on Dead Static Drive for, like, ever. As, as, as comic pictures turned into a valley girl. <laughs> whatever. If you want to play a game, you'll play it a few months later all the same. Been waiting on Dead Static Drive for, like, ever. I'm annoyed about it. Am I annoyed about it? Not in the slightest. Does it make me not want to play it? 
No. What's happened to him? I think he's um, just making a point there, isn't he? <laughs> I just, in my head, when I see whatever and ever. Maybe he's making it that it's very bratty to behave badly about delays. Oh, maybe, yeah. And I've read that as being a, a, a valley girl. A bratty girl. valley girl. Yeah, okay. Uh, maybe it's because I don't get out much. I just watch too many blonde chick flicks. You're watching Clueless again? I live on Clueless. Alicia Silverstone. Oh. Say sorry now. Why? You're not allowed to say that on podcasts anymore. Of course you are. Are you? What if our target audience is someone who's offended by that? I don't care. <laughs> People get upset over the price of milk nowadays, don't they? Well, well, going back to his comment, he says, same goes for any game. Uh, our Bobo Labor mentioned PUBG, which was a hot mess when it came out, but it's fine now. Maybe just keeping it on the shelf would have been better for some people who have taken the pleasure in riding the storm. So much of a muchness in the end. It's too easy to get lured into the new stuff anyway, so the old odd delay allows us to refocus our attention on the old backlog. Ah, the backlog. Yeah. Nice man. Is this man a new listener? I'm going to give him a clap anyway. I think he deserves it. New listener. So lots of new listeners. Scott's Gamer Geek, it'll give me time to reach Spartan rank 152, laughing with my tongue out emoji. Only five more levels to go. Top work. Mm. Yeah, delays do give way to being able to catch up with backlog, which we've done a, we've done a backlog of shame feature, didn't we? Don't ever listen to that episode. <laughs> That was the Is day. that the one where it all went wrong? Oh, that was the Yoko Ono of episodes. <laughs> yeah, it was. It drove a, an unhealable wedge between well, you and I. Paulina has that Yoko Ono look, doesn't she? Do you reckon she's going to drive a wedge in between us? The creative Are you work. sure on Paulina's genetic origin? Because you berated me the other day and told me she was Spanish. and now you No, she just has that like, resting face of oh. like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cause some... Bad stuff to go down in the studio. Well, that's why I've got a, a long list now of backup co-hosts. So, 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 Ross Kemp. Can, yeah. Tick. He'll come in. <laughs> Will he? Yeah, he plays Sudoku on his phone, so he's a gamer. <laughs> she suggested a feature where it's basically me Warwick Davis. Out. Warwick Davis. Woodall Spa. He's played, uh, he used to play a bit of Mega Drive back in the day, apparently. And he had Super Star Wars. Playing as himself in Willow. Yeah. The video game. Yeah. So he said um, he would come on if you ever got too he's deep. He's a top bloke anyway. Yeah, he said he would do it. Jason Cadbury, the uh, <laughs> Lincoln fine perfectionist of wonderful confectionery. The perfectionist confectionist, Jason C- Cadbury. Uh, Phil Schofield, he's always keen, isn't he? He's keen. See Phil again. Yeah. Holly Willoughby, she said she'd come on. <sighs> so you just chill Bobby not these last you should be first on the list yeah the real deal the platinum standing that was that was a reality call for me when he came on I was like oh the fans are fickle let's go with the latest latest craze don't they Bobby yeah, was the craze uh, that they week they were hyping it they wanted uh, Bobby merch they wanted drawn a Bobby uh, they're all uh, I got pictures of people burning their pictures of you so it was, uh, yeah, it was pretty savage, really. Yeah. Anyway, we get we get distracted. In the meantime, what's you been up to this week? 
I'm talking the man, the myth, the legend, Stingray. And if they want to find out who Stingray is, we've explained it enough. They've got to go dive the back catalogue. Well, then uh, it's Nissan Bluebird. He gave me a lift back from the airport. That's what he? he's been doing, yeah. He's doing taxis. Yeah, he's got one of those, like, sort of little caravan trailers that I loaded all my luggage into. Has he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you hadn't slaughtered... He ain't got his licence for that. If you hadn't Although he's on grandad rights, isn't he, so... Of course he is. If you hadn't slaughtered the residents of Farmerton, like Pol Pot, <laughs> uh, maybe Wayne Ray uses that uh, caravan trailer as a mansion. <laughs> Free scale. <laughs> yeah. Scale one to a thousand. Yeah, exactly. It's huge. It's like Tatsworth House to win. <laughs> anyway, before, without any further ado, it's, uh, he storms up the driveway. Tom, you're here. He can appear everywhere, can our Stingray. It's time for a peek in what we affectionately call Stingray's boot. What's next? We've got some counterfeit athletes and a dodgy company of Battlefriend all this week. These are the new release highlights for the week, August 10th to August 16th, 2020. Listeners, these are out on digital, physical, or will be by the time this podcast in your feed, but could be region dependent. It's been a very... I've almost this been, first one's got to be made up. I swear you make these up. I feel uh, like... It took us a while to get used to Zoom, and I think it's going to take us a while to get used to the dynamic of us both being in the studio again. This small studio cannot hold two massive egos. One ego, the size of two men. Yeah. Anyway, have you been through and picked your mummy mummy? I better have a look. Hmm, not much this week, is there? No, not at all. I'll go for the last one. Of course you do. Uh, in that Back regard... Back from my days competing. I'm going to go with the third one. So I'll start with the game that you don't seem to be that big a fan of. It's Brunch Club. PS4, Xbox One, August 11th. Welcome to Brunch Club, a one-to-four player game about food with a seasoning of pop culture. Each level and game mode providing you a difficult task to complete and put strain upon your friendships. Leaderboards to compete on. You will who will get the best time possible. That sounds terrible. Willie Morgan and the Curse of Bone Town PC, August 11th. A letter from 10 years ago. An intricate way, an intricate web of lies to unravel and mysteries to solve. Explore an unconventional town of pirates. Dive into the past. Collect items and look for clues to help Willie find out what happened to his father. Have you picked your uh, mummy mummy film? I will do by the end. Okay. Metamorphosis out on PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch, August twelfth. I uh, this is a sort of Metamorphosis. I think is a sort of game back in the day. What was that game on? Uh, was it Stranded? No. What was the game that launched on uh, Xbox One recently? The beta where you're the, the um, grounded. Grounded. Yeah. If you'd really, really, really wanted grounded, you'd back in the day. This is the sort of person you are. You'd have bought this, right? Because you couldn't have it on your system, so you got something that was similar <laughs> and you'd pretend. So Metamorphosis, players Gregor, turned into a tiny bug and set out on an extraordinary journey to unravel the mystery of your transformation. Metamorphosis is a first-person adventure set in a surreal world where your newfound abilities are your last and only hope for redemption. I saw him walking around in long grass and uh, obviously he was a tiny little person. <laughs> I had visions of you of doing that. Um, are you still thinking of a VHS? I've got one. All oh, right, okay. Do you want to tell me? Do it now. 
It's a Roger Moore classic James Bond film, The Man with the Golden Gun. Ah, do you know what I'm picking? Picture the scene. Ben Affleck. Picture the scene. Bruce Willis. <laughs> Picture the scene. Michael Bay. Oh, Picture man. Picture the scene. Armageddon. Yeah. Don't make them like that anymore. <laughs> no, they don't. That it's... was that same era of like the Jerry Brockheimer sort of produced film. Is it Michael Bay who did that? Sure I think it, it might is. be Brockheimer. No, I think it's Michael Bay. Or is he like the producer? I don't know. Phil, sure just, Phil just check that on the computer, please. Um, well, while, I'll do, while yeah, you what, and Phil do the research. No, I'll, I'll read this next one. Oh, okay. You, you do, do the research. Heroes. Double click. Ooh. Double kick heroes. Butcher hordes of zombies in rhythm with metal, survive on the highway to hell, <laughs> fighting on an epic freak show. Now with 24 levels of pure madness, six licensed tracks, and a community level editor to improve your own songs. That's available on the PC and the Switch, August 13th. Next up, we've got Ever Forward. It's the perfect storm, by the way. It's Brockheimer. And Bay. <laughs> They did Gone in 60 Seconds as well, I think. No. I'm sure, sure that, that, like, they did a, a... Oh, and Con Air. That's another one they did. Well, good job we're not a uh, film podcast. That's, yeah, we'll uh, leave that to um, Harvey Retro. Through the Darkest of Times, PS4, Xbox One and Switch, August 13th. Berlin, 1933. Adolf Hitler is Chancellor. We all know the consequences. This message bore, unspeakable horrors and suffering would sweep across the world. Few would stand and fight the monstrosity that was the German Reich. Will you lead an underground resistance group through the darkest of times? You better take the next one because of mine's. Eastern Exorcist on PC, August 14th. Eastern Exorcist is a stunning 2D side-scrolling action RPG set in a fantasy Eastern world with the vicious spirits and monsters. Play as a skilled exorcist against chaotic evil to fight your way through the brutal world and experience different stories of joy and sorrow. I tell you one thing, Tom. I'm red hot over here. I'm over here near the sound mixing desk, and I am absolutely red hot here in Phil's studio. That's how he got the best performances from the big bands. From the mix. Yeah, from the mix. (laughs) Jagger, Hucknall. Mac. <laughs> Mick Mac. Mick <laughs> Mac. Mick Mac. Oh. Who's Mick Mac? <laughs> Lead singer of Fleetwood Mac. Oh, is it? That's yeah. his name now, is it? It's not Mick Fleetwood, it's Mick Mac. <laughs> Wasn't that the baddie in the film I've just said we're taking over? Or is that Nick Mac? I have no idea. Nick Knack was one of the baddies in the... Was he yeah, man, with, man with a golden gun. Yeah, he yeah, was. Christopher Nick-Nack. Lee's like yeah. henchman. You you as a child looks a little bit like Nick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if people want to envisage because Nick Knack had a very strong haircut, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. It's like the bouffant, but like side-swept. <laughs> And you would uh, often get dressed up. Mumsy would always dress you in like the really smartest clothes. <laughs> you would often turn up either as a cross between Knickknack or Egon Spengler. Oh, right, my pick. <laughs> this is my uh, mummy, mummy. Please, can I have this pick? UFC Four, PS Four, and Xbox One, August Fourteenth. 
Uh, in EA Sports UFC 4, the fighter you become is shaped by your fighting style, your achievements, and your personality. No matter how or where you play, EA Sports UFC 4 puts you at the centre of every fight. <laughs> I'm still corpsing off the fact that you're nicknack. Uh Have you seen the box art for EA's games recently? I've seen it a couple of times. I've seen the images released, and that especially on Instagram, and I thought, why has someone cut a picture out and stuck it in the front of that PS4 box? <laughs> and then I've zoomed in and then checked, and it's been like, oh, that's the actual album art. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> that's really rubbish. It looks proper. It doesn't even look... Wonky, doesn't it? Yeah, it doesn't look great. With that note, Stingray probably thought we were on about his own custom box art for Armageddon and the man with the golden gun. <laughs> He's probably also offended it as laughing at knick-knack, uh, because... That's not R.I.P. Wayne Ray. R.I.P. Wayne Ray, exactly. And with that, he's gone like confetti at a wedding. He just blows in the <laughs> wind. And that's it, Tom. Those that paid attention at the top of the show, and I have to admit, it feels like it's been a real slobber knocking, as JR from uh, WWE fame would say. A little self-indulgent this week. A bit I think too self-indulgent, yeah. really. Just the excitement of being back in the, the studio. Like two among the greats. Yes, among the greats. I think Alan Titchmarsh also records his podcast here. <laughs> Green Fingers, he calls it. Uh, uh, Phil, the producer, asked me to pump it because there might be some people that are into games, uh-huh. in his own words, and gardening. Oh, I'm so, into that, yeah. Uh, Alan Titchmarsh's podcast, Green Fingers, available on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, much of the way you find our own. And also, Alan, if you're listening, do the same for us. Bill, contractually, you're obliged to do it. Much, oh, is he? That's much good. like I'm contractually obliged to ask you what you're hoping to play. I might have a little dabble and see what's in the sale, actually. But I don't want that to detract from me finishing or platinum Ghost of Tsushima. Well, it's you see, it's always that classic moment. You've got absolutely zero ambition to play anything that's not hyped right now. Yeah. So there some I great just... games in the sale for Tuppence Apeney. Uh, and you Ancestors yeah. is in the sale. It's I did, I was going to tell sale. you about that. It's always I in thought the you sale. wanted it. Yeah, it must be terrible. Every time I see it, I'm like, ah, mm, be in the sale next time. I just, yeah, I'm a bit of a hype monster. I don't think I'll get Avengers. So for me, my next game would probably be Cyberpunk. That's a long way. Why off. don't you pick a game that's in the sale? Yeah. Tell me, and I'll send you loads of screenshots of it and hype it. For you. <laughs> Send you trailers off yeah. on YouTube and things. Have that you seen like this? Three years trailer? old. Yeah, yeah. You'll never know. Yeah. So pick a game you get quite excited bubble I live in. And then send me all the stuff. And okay. then like the last moment before I tell you to download it, I'll send you the review and be like, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And if you want to, we can hang about at game at Friday on midnight at Friday. Yeah. And I'll give you a load of like tap merch that I've bought off eBay. <laughs> like, there you go, mate. And then I'll have I'm you. sad to know you'll not be joining me with the PS5 midnight launch. Well, we don't even have to go at midnight. I just want to buy it from a shop. Why? Don't trust the delivery man. How very 2000s of you. Yeah. He might drop it. I might drop you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you're contractually obliged to ask me. This is I've had to pump you twice for this. This is not... A, this is not good for our relationship. What are you hoping to play? Ah, yes. Tell me more. 
<laughs> Much like our iOS game. <laughs> Pull up a chair. Uh, which I believe is the opening line, much like Pronto. <laughs> How many? I mean, I did notice after ten cooking years. Cooking up some recipes. No, when Pronto's like, ah, an I'm opening. <laughs> and then after the ten years, it's like, all in the bullet time, baby. Yeah, so I use Pronto quite a lot because I notice his damage is, is quite high. He's a weed. I didn't like him. Unbelievable. It's like one of the best characters in the game. I bet you were like, oh, Gladios has got big muscles. Gladios is my favourite. <laughs> he was your favourite out of the, of the King's Guard. <laughs> it was, wasn't it? Clearly, he's the, he's the strongest. Wow. Ignis just there cooking up some food. Prompto just like trying to score little hip fire trick shots. Yeah, he's also sliding into Cindy. He also oh, likes, yeah. uh, he also has that thing for Ariana, uh, Adriana. I quite like it when you go in the underwater base there and he's like, you, you're quite badass. And then a bit later on, he's asking you like, she's quite nice. And then uh, when I was playing it, Noctis is asking the question of like, so if you had to pick Cindy, Ariana, and he's like, uh, <laughs> oh, I don't know. So that was uh, Are you going to be playing seven after this? I know they're not like any in any way related, but. No, I'm going to play 13. Mm-hmm. And then thirteen two, and then lightning returns. Okay, that's what I do. Retro for life. I don't think I'm gonna be playing anything else. It's a great time to go through the backlog. It's that summertime. It sounds like Phil the producer's dog is looking at trying to get out of its cage. Charcoal. Yeah, is that what it's called? It's called charcoal. <laughs> a very expensive pedigree schnauzer. It is, yeah. Mm. As it groomed regular. People wanted law for season two. I tell you what, they've they got, got it on the bucket load this week, <laughs> haven't they? Anyway, Tom, I do believe at that rate, that's all we've got time for. Have you got anything more to say on any of the subjects we've discussed today? No. It is very weird having you back in the studio. We've just got a groove. And now we've got to find it all over again. Uh, that's all we have time for this week, listeners. Always thank you for your time, and we look forward to the pleasure of speaking to you again next week. Until then, happy gaming. Remember, there's nothing wrong with being given the unofficial controller. It's what you do with it that counts. See you, Tom. See you, mate. 